Welcome to the She Shines podcast with your hosts, brand photographer and serial entrepreneur, Anna Laura, and super proud career woman with a passion for entrepreneurship, Alex. Tune in for some connection, community, and girl talk. Plus, join their conversations with other entrepreneurs and professionals who've been there, built that, and are paying it forward. They'll take your burning questions and turn them into actionable steps with a glass of champagne in hand. Here we go. Welcome to the She Shines podcast, everyone. In this episode, we are continuing with the series we started back on episode 71 called Business Trends for Multi-Passionates. And in this series, we're focusing on marketing and branding strategies top industry entrepreneurs are using to engage with their clients and create killer offers their clients are obsessed with. We have an amazing lineup for this episode, including a doctor turned entrepreneur, a parenting expert, and a systems an operation expert. Yes. So first up, you're going to hear from Dr. Kim Foster. She is an MD turned business mentor for health coaches and wellness entrepreneurs, and she helps them build their businesses, find freedom, and make the world a healthier place. She's also the host of the podcast Marketing and Mindset for Wellness Coaches, so you're definitely going to want to check that out. Kim shares with us how her background in the healthcare field prepared her for entrepreneurship. We also tackle juggling a full-time job and business as you're growing. So let's go ahead and get into it. Kim, thank you so much for being here with us. And can you introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about you? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Okay, so to introduce myself, I'm, as you said, Kim Foster. I'm an MD turned coach and I transitioned, I'm a family doctor by training and I transitioned into coaching and then from there into business mentorship. So I've had kind of this whole journey and whole evolution. But what I do now is I'm a business mentor and educator of health and wellness coaches. That's the world that I live in. I love it. And yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Oh, we love hearing this like roller coaster ride of Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. I mean, (laughs) Alex and I can definitely relate coming from healthcare backgrounds into the entrepreneurship world Mm -hmm. and kind of how that affects your, your entrepreneurial journey. So we would love to know how did your career as an MD prepare you for entrepreneurship? That's a great question. And, you know, I have to say, like, I'm not really sure that it, it prepared me for being an entrepreneur, like to be working in the healthcare system, because, and this is just straight, honest talk. Here, yes. Give that, us the real talk. Yeah, the Come real on. talk is that, you know, at least, okay, I can only speak from my own experience, but so much of the healthcare industry in my experience is really about falling into line. And that is not what entrepreneurship is about, right? So, you know, of course, in medicine, you know, we are really expected uh, to do things in a certain way. It's called standard of care um, mm-hmm. and dissension from that way. It's, it's not only discouraged, it's actually not safe um, because there are legal parameters. There are, you know, all kinds of ramifications and things that can happen if you start to color outside the lines as a medical professional. So for many, many years, I mean, I was a family doctor for almost 20 years um, and I was really trained to fall into, you know, Mm -hmm. fine. And so when I, but I've always had, you know, sort of an entrepreneurial um, desire. And so I had to do a lot of 
retraining, a lot of new learning, a lot of rediscovery of who I actually am as I was pursuing my entrepreneurial journey. And I had a lot of new things to learn that I just simply didn't learn um, in medical, in my medical training. So, yeah. Yeah. Can, like Annalore said before, can definitely relate to that. So I don't know if you know, I'm a speech pathologist, still medical speech pathologist and Annalore is retired speech pathologist. Um, so retired, yeah, I, love that. I know I love saying retired. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so interesting because we talk about all the time too. Like one of the skills we had to relearn was like writing for business, because I'm sure, as you know, like when you document at work, you are so thorough, you are over-documenting, you are doing the most because like you said, you want to be safe. You want to make sure whoever's reading your notes is going to understand. And then when you get to business copy or or marketing, it's completely different, right? It's like, hold up. Not everyone needs to know. all of this background, like cut it out, keep it simple, girl. Um, So we can, we can definitely relate to that. Do you have any um, advice or, or maybe resources for transitioning, like things that maybe helped you transition from more of a kind of stricter setting where I think a lot of our community members might find themselves, whether it's the corporate world or healthcare, um, and they're looking to transition right into entrepreneurship, but maybe those skills, like you said, are not really the same. They're not 100% transferable. Um, what resources did you find that helped you? Well, I think that the most important resource is actually within you for starters, right? Like that is really, it's so important to really trust yourself um, because when you start to, as I say, like color out this outside the lines and start to do something that's different than what everybody around you is doing, you have to really have strength of conviction that you are following, you know, the path that is to your desires, right? So like, First of all, trusting yourself and really tapping in to your own intuition on this, that's your most important resource. So looking for answers inside you, not just outside. Of course, from there, you definitely want to, you know, get a lot of support because as I, as I mentioned, right, like most people around you, they're not going to understand what you're doing. They're going to think it's a little crazy. Um, And, and in fact, it's not even that they don't want you to do well, it could be very well meaning people in your life. I mean, I had tons of this, like lots of people who really cared about me in my life. They, they were worried for me, they were concerned (laughs) that I was doing this, you know, why would you throw all of that away? Like all of that kind of thing, right? And so you need to get support from people who really do understand what you're trying to do, not you don't have to explain to them why you want to be an entrepreneur and follow your own path and set your own schedule and all that kind of stuff. So you need a tribe. So that is an incredibly important resource is to really find like-minded um, people to create your own community. Um, and then from there, in terms of resources, like really, it's a matter of figuring out what you need to learn and then get out there and learn it, right? So what mm. whatever your gaps are, and it's going to be different for everybody, but figure out what are the pieces that you are you know, missing that are going to present obstacles for you in terms of stepping into this entrepreneurial life and then just learn it, right? Like question everything and, Mm. um, you know, and find the things that are going to help move you one step forward. And really one step at a time is so key because there's so many Mm. things to learn and do and change and all that stuff as you're becoming an entrepreneur and can get easily overwhelmed (laughs) at the beginning. So just figure out what's the thing that's going to move me to the next stage, Mm. do that thing, and then keep going, you know, keep going forward from there. 
I love that. Yes. One thing at a time, which I know is so hard, I think. As, Easier said than done. Yeah. <laughs> like you want to do everything at once and then you're yeah. like frustrated and kicking yourself, but you know, you only have a finite amount of time and energy to give any <laughs> given day. Um, so what will be your tips maybe on balancing? Like if you are in this process of transitioning from a full-time career to the entrepreneurship world, you know, you, you have even less time. I mean, your time is divided. So do you have any tips on balance, quote unquote, balancing <laughs> if, <laughs> if there is such a thing um, as you're, as you're growing? Yeah, that's, it's such a, I mean, it's a tough thing to do for sure. And I was there for many, many years trying to, you know, balance all of that. Cause I was the primary breadwinner um, and it's not easy to walk away from a medical salary, all of that kind of stuff. So I totally get that. Um, I think really be, you need to be smart and you need to have a strategy if you're going to make that transition from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur. Um, you know, it's not just the kind of thing that you're going to hack together especially if you're the primary breadwinner for your family or your household, you really need a plan. You need an exit strategy, but you also have to grant yourself some grace that it is going to take some time, right? As you are executing your escape plan, it's not going to you know, necessarily all come together as quickly as you want it to. We all mm -hmm. want it to happen like right away. Right. But it, it can take some time. Um, so you need to manage your mind as you are executing, right? You need to not get discouraged and frustrated and keep staying on the path. Um, but the, I really think that the most important thing, you know, to, to do if you are thinking, if you're in this like thinking of transitioning from full-time um, employee to full-time em uh, entrepreneur is to start now. Um, really like don't wait because waiting is the worst <laughs> and because you need runway, right? You're like you, like, as I've just been saying, you know, it takes some time you need to, there's a lot of things that are going to need to get taken care of as you build and grow. And so waiting to even get started, it it's, you really do run the risk of running out of runway, right? If you want to get liftoff, you need runway to take, mm -hmm. to get you into liftoff. Um, and if you don't give yourself like a start right now, not waiting for things to be perfect, not waiting for like the quote unquote right time, because we know that there is no right time, but just starting right now. That's, that is my biggest piece of advice. I love that advice. And the little airplane analogy there really makes it <laughs> like really easy to, to like visualize too. Right. Um, and I think this is just, this is going to hit home for so many of our community members because we are community for multi-passionate. So you do have a lot of women who are working full-time, either growing a business on the side or in addition to their full-time job, like myself, or like Anna Laura, they're running multiple businesses as a full-time entrepreneur. And so that path, that runway is going to look different for everyone. Um, yeah. But I think what, what stays true and what stays the same, no matter if you are, you know, adding on another business to whatever you're doing, or you're wanting to leave completely something else into another is don't wait, <laughs> do it, do it. Now, I like how you said waiting is the worst. <laughs> like, <just stick laughs> to the point. 
Can we just stick that on a quote towel, please? Yeah, waiting is the worst. Waiting is the worst. Yeah. Agreed. 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 Um, and so glad you didn't wait because you have all of these amazing things that you're doing within your business between coaching, courses, events. Um, and now you have this six month, right? Certification program that you're doing. Um, what would your advice be to our community members on really solidifying an offer um, when they're figuring out what to, to sell? Yeah. So, so you're right. Like, I mean, I do have a lot of different ways that I serve the needs of my community and lots of different offers, but that's not what I would recommend for people who are starting. So really you want to start with just one thing if possible, because it's just too hard as we were talking about, like, you know, it's so easy to get overwhelmed and you, you really do want to just like, just offer one, one thing to your community so that you can go all in on that and really refine that get really good at that, get known for that. And then yes, of course you can expand from there, mm-hmm. but because every new offer that you create, it's got infrastructure, it's got systems, it's got stuff that needs to happen and it can get very complicated, very mm-hmm. fast. And you probably in the beginning don't have a lot of like support, which is actually another thing that I wanted to say in terms of balancing, like if you're juggling like the, the job and the entrepreneur is don't be afraid to get support and get help. It's so important. Don't try to be a hero. Mm -hmm. Don't try to do everything yourself. Um, Yeah, but I mean, in terms of of solidifying your offer, the most important thing in in terms of choosing one of those things or like, because I know if you're an entrepreneurial mind, you probably have a ton of ideas, right? You want to do all the things right away and you've got, you're excited and, you know, there's all kinds of things that are brewing. But um, so in terms of choosing though, where you're, going to start is talk to your community, talk to mm-hmm. your clients, talk to the people who you are positioning yourself to help and find out what do they need? Do they want like that one-on-one high touch white glove service where they mm-hmm. get lots of time with you? Or are they really craving like a community in which case like building a group or, you know, mm-hmm. something or an event or a retreat mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that would really serve that like really fill the gap of what they are actually looking for so rather than assume rather than kind of guess at what you think people want ask them like find out what people really want and then create something to serve that need and then you're off to the races oh love that yes do your market research (laughs) we've so been there and (laughs) definitely made that mistake of just (laughs) throwing everything out there at the same time yeah and um yeah, don't don't do as we did. Do as Kim said and stick with one, but only if it's the one that people are craving. That is going to help you create an irresistible offer. It's going to help you stand out, just all the things. And I love that you also brought the theme back of getting support, right? Mm-hmm. Like getting support for creating this and building that infrastructure for your one, one company, (laughs) one offer. Um, you know, that ties right into what we asked you earlier on was, you know, transitioning from full-time entrepreneur to, or excuse me, full-time career to entrepreneurship is also getting support and having that tribe. And, you know, we're all about connection and community here at She Shines. So we really appreciate that. Uh, Kim, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing about your journey and the lessons that you have learned. We would love to know where we can connect with you and learn even more. 
Yeah. So you can, I mean, my website has got pretty much all of the things that I do and my links to my podcast and my programs and everything. So drkimfoster.com, that's a great place to go to just sort of see what my whole universe is and all the stuff that I'm doing. Um, I also like Instagram is where I would hang out the most in terms of like on social. So I'm at Dr. Kim Foster on Instagram and, you know, go ahead and check me out there and send me a message. I love connecting Mm -hmm. with people in the DMS over on Instagram too. So yeah, those are some good places to hang out with me. Wonderful. Thank you so much for for sharing all of your wisdom with us and so many amazing lessons. I think that everyone is going to be able to relate to and apply to their own businesses. Um, We are going to link your podcast in the show notes and your Instagram and website so everyone can stalk you and connect with you. Uh, Thank you again so much, Kim. And until the next time, everyone, keep shining. Our next guest is Albiona Rikipi, a parenting expert who focuses on eliminating mom guilt. And in this episode, yes, right, <laughs> snaps up for our mom-to-be, Anna Laura over here, <laughs> and all you mompreneurs out there. And in this episode, Albiona shares strategies you can implement today to help you find more balance in your everyday and ways to run your business minus the mom guilt. Now, if you're not a mom, don't you dare press fast forward on this right? section. We promise that Albiona drops so much knowledge that mm-hmm. is going to help all of you. No matter if you're a mom or not, that's really going to help you guys find a lot more balance within your day-to-day. So let's dive in. We are so honored to be here with parenting expert Albiona Rikipi. Say hello to all of our listeners. Hi, everyone. Yes, we are so excited to to hop in. Albiana, you are our first, we were chatting a little bit before we started recording and we let her know that we we're just so excited for this conversation, um, being that I've recently entered the, the motherhood space and <laughs> we know so many women in our community are mothers as well and parents. So we would just really love to, to get into this conversation, but first- can you walk us through your background and kind of your journey? What made you take the leap into entrepreneurship? Thanks. Yeah, well, I'm not quite an entrepreneur, but I can definitely tell you about what kind of guided me and got me to the place of writing about parenting and um, exploring this idea of really kind of taking a deeper dive into what it means to parent. So I have a little over 20 years of experience working with kids. So I started off my career in early childhood. And that's what my bachelor's is in. I specialized in early childhood development. And then I was a teacher for about 12 years. And in the meantime, I had two kids of my own. So I'm a parent to two really awesome humans, um, Adrian and Hannah. And um, when they became a close to sort of school age, I would say I was kind of going back and forth with the idea of going back to graduate school and getting my master's in speech and language pathology. But it was at that time when I did it, there weren't a ton of online programs. So it really was going to require me to quit my teaching job completely and then go and really pivot and change paths. And so um, we talked about it with my husband and we went back and forth about like, you know, what would that entail and what does it, you know, what what would that look like if you stop working? And so we, we really hatched up a plan and it was really effective. And I think I put in, I almost gave a full year's notice to the school because I just cherished that school so much. And I loved my years there. And I, I just felt like it was the right thing to do because we really wanted to make sure 
whoever took over after me that it was really in good hands and they really understood the culture of the school. It was a private school. And so um, I had really given a lot to it and it gave me a lot in return. So I just wanted to hand it off in a, a good way. So after that year, I ended up fully going into graduate school became a speech and language pathologist and have worked in pediatrics. So I don't work in schools anymore. I work in more on the medical side of it. And I've worked in a pediatric setting here in West Bloomfield, Michigan for a little over almost six years now. So it's been a total of 20 plus years that I've had either some work with children. I'm a parent myself. My son just turned 18 over the summer. So mm-hmm. um, it's um, it's been quite the journey. So I think On the one side, I've I've always loved working with children, and that's sort of been always at the crux of everything I've done. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece of it is marrying the idea of like being a parent, taking what I know about children and early childhood, and then later watching that sort of unfold in those teenage years. And then all of the things that it actually taught me, the insights that I walked away with, the things that I was able to discover about myself was really learned through that journey of A, being a parent, and B, just really having the pleasure and really the blessing of working with kids day after day. Absolutely. Oh, wow. What, what a story. I know, um, Alex and I both have a speech therapy background. Um, mm-hmm. obviously Alex has her own private practice mm-hmm. as well. Um, so and I was, I was a, in pediatric speech pathology as well. So that's, we can definitely relate to yes. that. And we want to thank you. <laughs> yes. We want to thank right. you for, <laughs> for the work that you do in the field and, and also the, the work that you're, you're doing on behalf of parents and moms everywhere. Um, so let's oh, so get much. into that. this. Yes. Yes. Let's get, let's go on ahead and, and chat about cultivating balance and eliminating mom guilt. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know it's, it's a big one. Yeah. So cultivating balance is a real interesting one. And I wrote an article about this and I think it was maybe a year ago that it got published and um, it had some nice, it resonated really with a lot of people. And for me, it was just the way I reframed balance is basically what I titled the article is how I learned to reframe balance. And what I meant by that was, mm. you know, we sort of throw the word around sort of loosely in terms of like, I just have to find balance. I just need balance in my life. And every sort of wellness article has the word balance in the headline. And there was just all this sort of buzz around it. And at the end of the day, I would I would finish each day and nothing about that day felt balanced to me in terms of how I was defining it. So it just felt like this eternal search for something that just wasn't quite there, or you were always on this mission to land it or find it. And, and it was always tough to kind of achieve. So what I, I was, it actually happened in a yoga class and we were trying to hold this one balancing posture and I was kind of flapping all over the place. And then the instructor <laughs> says, you know, don't worry if you fall out of the pose, balance is different every day. And it was just that particular line that just stuck with me. And because all of this started as me being a writer, I'll hear little lines like that and they'll resonate or they'll sit or they'll marinate or, you know, and I'll start to think about what does that really mean? And why did that really sound a little bit? Why did that stand out to me, I suppose? And the more I thought about it, it's because it's absolutely true, right? We think of balance as maybe a constant where really now I think of it as much more fluid and different. So I just kind of walked myself through a couple of different questions. And one of them is, you know, what does balance look like for me today? So instead of looking at it on this grander scale, like every day is different and it will present you with different challenges and different circumstances and different situations. And it's not just the case for parenting, but I think 
I know a lot of your audience are mompreneurs. And so we know that the world of entrepreneurship is full of curveballs and, mm-hmm. and bumps and hiccups. And so the idea of balance kind of being fluid, I think is a definite kind of sits better with me. Mm-hmm. And there are some days where balance, the answer to that question for me is just that, Hey, I got to get these three things done and mm-hmm. that's it, you know, and nothing that's else really matters besides those three things today right? And other days, it might be a day where you're just so busy. So you might just say to yourself, okay, today, multitasking isn't okay, if I want to achieve balance, because I tend to get too frenzied when I'm in that state where I'm doing a little of everything. So I'm going to think about these five things, and I'm going to block time for all five things, right? So maybe that's it. And then there might be days where maybe balance is just putting one foot in front of the other, right? So, But as long as you can adjust and make those you know, make that claim sort of from the beginning of your day and get ahead of it. I think it sets your, you set yourself up for a better day, a better state of mind. You're going to handle things a lot better when they come your way in an unexpected way. So that was one of them. And then the other thing I like to do is just sort of reflect and check in. So at the end of each week, let's say you do this practice every day where you say, what does balance look like for me today? Now you get to the end of your week and it's a good practice to kind of look back and say, what worked? Mm-hmm. And what didn't work, right? Because if we don't kind of take a minute to self to assess and to go back and to sort of gather and think about, did it really work? Did I stick to my plan? Did I say I was going to work on those three things? And then did those boundaries get compromised? Or it was pretty effective and I found a good rhythm in my week, right? Mm-hmm. Or did I say yes to things I really shouldn't have said yes to? Um, you know, those are the types of things you'll want to think about when you're going through that reflective process. And that's going to help you too, because with balance comes the idea of like, what do boundaries look like? And what, um, how are you protecting your time? And how are you really cherishing your time? And then, you know, Anna Laura, you're about to become a mom. So the whole idea of time is going to be very sort of um, nuanced for a while because, you know, Mm -hmm. your, your sleep will be off and their sleep isn't quite regulated. And so, you know, for, you know, I know for myself, when I was a new mom, so much of the very beginning was just get through it. Right. There wasn't a whole lot of like, yeah, like just get through it, do your best, try to, you know, um, reset when you can and rest when you can, but, Mm -hmm. you know, for every person in every situation, it's different. And as my kids got older, I could take more tasks on because they were more independent. So the answer to that question has always changed for me and it still continues to change. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm. these are, these are awesome. Alex, I feel like they relate to so many women. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And there's so so many good, like self-reflection, like questions to ask yourself. And we, we always say like, we, when we started, she shot, we're like, balance doesn't exist. It's just Mm -hmm. a juggle. Like it's just, you're juggling the ball. Sometimes the ball drops, you got to pick it up. Um, but I, I love how you reframe, like, what we always say, like balance is going to look different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Even that word mm-hmm. balance means mm-hmm. something different. Like balance to me is different for Anna Laura is different for you, but yes. I like how you added that extra part to what does balance look like for me today? today. So again, mm-hmm. it, it's going to look different from the person next to you, but also it might look different from day to day. And I think that's so important and also so easy to forget, yeah. especially as you're scrolling Instagram and Facebook and all these things mm-hmm. and you're going to work and it's so easy to get caught up in what your coworkers, friends, and family are doing. So asking that, that extra question of what does balance look like for me today? I feel like it's, yes. it's really going to hit home for everyone. 
God. Yeah. I know it's funny how much like these ideas of balance and parenthood and motherhood and entrepreneurship, like they all come together and there is this place of convergence where it all kind of overlaps and, you know, it, it can, the principles can sort of apply across many contexts, but yeah, I find if you can make it a daily practice and just check in with yourself, you'll, you'll get the gain out of it. That's really meant to happen, which is that you can at least get your footing in those real kind of chaotic moments because they'll happen. Uh, they, yes, they will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so as, as I'm beginning my own me and mompreneur journey, we would mm-hmm. love to know what trends you've seen with entrepreneurs entering motherhood. Yeah. So this is an interesting one. And I think, you know, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but some of entrepreneurship, I think, you know, and what I think of and, and the friends that I have and people that I've spoken to who are in this space and trying to parent is that you're not necessarily following a nine to five. And there are great points and there are tricky points about that, right? So like if you don't sort of have the set hour or a set schedule can be really helpful and that you can kind of get your brain to pivot between I'm home, I'm doing these things, and now I'm at work and now I'm doing sort of work related tasks. When you're an entrepreneurship, you kind of, or when you're an entrepreneur, rather, you have to sort of, those hours aren't always nice and clean like that, right? I mean, as much as maybe we try to make them be, it just doesn't always work out that way. So Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, and what I've said to other parents who are in this position is really being mindful about when you are trying to commit to working or when it is time to sort of really be with your kids and be a parent to really just wear those hats, right? Like to try not to really feel like you have to do both things always at once. You will inevitably run into moments where that will happen and that's okay as long as it doesn't become the norm, right? You want to kind of really think about, I'm a big believer that multitasking isn't really effective. I think that if you can really have some singular focus on something, that presence and that state of mind and that clarity, I think is going to put it's going to sort of yield a better outcome. And that's no different if you are with your kids or if you are involved in a project at work that you're trying to launch and get off the ground and, or um, you are connecting with clients. It's that sort of really being able to stay present and grounded in what that task is instead of sort of um, letting all those kind of worlds collide. And then it becomes a little bit tricky to sort of just really kind of invest all your energy toward the thing that really needs it. So I would say for one, that would be the one, one of the first things I would say is to just kind of consider um, if you can to sort of block those times so that when you're working, you're working. And when you're kind of dedicating that time to that entrepreneur, entrepreneurial project or task or job, whatever it may be, that that's really getting your undivided attention. And then when you're in parent mode, you're really allowing yourself that space and time to really completely parent. Um, The other thing I would um, sort of consider is particularly for moms, and I know you mentioned this in the first question too, is just the idea of mom guilt. So that sort of rears its ugly head pretty quickly. And so what that might look like too, is that, you know, you have something that has a, a, a time commitment for work, let's say, and you might have to put in extra time. And we know as an entrepreneur that that's not always predictable, right? Something comes up at the last minute, it needs to get finished, you know, sort of ASAP. So you might have to pivot and switch gears. And now maybe your children aren't happy about that. Or maybe it results in you leaving a crying baby with somebody for a quick minute while you go and finish up a task. But I always kind of walk through, I do another sort of little quick three-step exercise that I'm happy to share. 
please. And yes. work through, yeah, to work through name guilt. I know you let me know, Anna Laura, after you have the babies, how that feels and where it lands, because it works really well for me. So I think mom guilt, what we end up doing is we, and then it could be really any form of guilt, but we, we take on this feeling of guilt and we think, oh, you know, we feel so bad. Let's say I use the example in this article I recently wrote about being five minutes late to your son's baseball game. So you're trying to get to the baseball game. You're five minutes late because you got held up at work. And now those guilty feelings just start coming to the surface. And you start saying things like, why did I take that last minute call? And I should have left earlier and I'm not managing my time well. And we just really are quick to beat ourselves up. And then what happens when I talk to other moms is they'll go right into sort of mantra, mantra uh, space, I call it, where they just give themselves a pep talk really quickly. Nope, you're wor- you are worthy, you are imperfect, and you're not meant to be perfect. It's okay. Like we kind of right away come in with this really great speech. And I think that's great. We want to sort of be able to provide that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is we miss the messy middle when we do that. So I would much rather when someone starts to feel that way, just kind of name it. Like I am feeling guilty. I feel poorly because I feel like I didn't manage my time well. Let those sort of thoughts come Mm -hmm. through and just listen to it, right? Just almost like you are out of your body to, for lack of better words, and you're just hearing sort of this voice in your head and some of the things that it's saying to you. Once you just name it, I am feeling terribly guilty. Then I would go right into, I feel this way because, and you kind of fill in that blank. And for every person, it's different because a lot of these feelings tend to be wrapped up in what experiences we've had. So maybe we had a mom that was one of those moms that just did everything for her family, put her needs in, you know, in last place, always sort of sacrificed, was always that way. And now that is the bar for us, right? We feel like that's the ideal mom and anything short of that really just makes us feel super guilty inside. And it really conjures up feelings of inadequacy. Maybe you had a mom that was more absent and wasn't really there. And so now in an effort to remedy that, you want to make sure your children never experience that. So you're going to almost overcompensate and want to always be there. So now when that doesn't happen, because again, you've created this idealized version of what you think your kids need based on what you did or didn't get, then what ends up happening is you are again, chasing this ideal version of something. And the minute we don't meet that, that guilt comes pouring through. And so once you sort of work through some of these questions and how to unpack a little bit of what you sort of deem a good mom to be, I would just go into the question of, is it true? And you will start to see in that process, it's very clear that these things we tell ourselves, right? We could talk about it even with imposter syndrome, these self-limiting beliefs, right? The minute we go into, is it true? You will always find it's not, right? Is it true that only good moms get to the baseball game on time? No, Is it true that you're a bad mom if you forgot to pack snack for your kid that day at school? No. Is it true that, you know, this idealized version of a cool, calm and collected mom who has it all together exists? It's not right. Not one mom will sit and say those things to you. Mm -hmm. So I think that the fall, the last kind of step of, is it true is a really nice practice in sort of naming I feel this way because, and is it true, is a nice way to kind of really think about the root or the origin of where all that guilt is kind of flooding in from. Mm -hmm. And then you go into those mantras, right? Because now you unpacked it a little bit more. And the more you can do that, the less of a hold the guilt will have on you, right? And it's always sort of rooted in something we're telling ourselves. Like when when you're going to be a new mom, right? So you're going to really be bombarded with these what I always call like deep seated kind of beliefs. Like you don't really know you feel that way, but then once you become a parent, all of a sudden this expectation gets placed on you. 
somewhat self-imposed and you'll start to see that, oh, I feel like I have to do this for my baby because that's what a mom's supposed to do. Or I feel like mm. my, you know, and so you kind of play this rule book out and it's not super conscious. You're not thinking it that of it that way, but it will kind of emerge and it will present itself in different ways and you'll see it. And what it will do is it will make you feel guilty or like you're not, um, doing the job to the best of your ability. And we can, we can sort of be our own worst critics in those moments. So I think it's a good practice to sort of really think about where are some of these deeper feelings come from coming from? Why do I feel this way? Why am I telling myself these things and um, Mm -hmm. kind of unpack it and see where, where, where it goes. You're so, you're so right. Because I, I feel like this exercise again is applicable for so many things. I can think back to times in, in my life where I have had some sort of limiting belief or mm-hmm. view of myself. And it would have been so helpful rather than saying um, like a limiting or, or a, a negative self-talk or something I always believed about myself was I'm lazy. Like mm-hmm. I, I fought for years, like to overcome my laziness, even though like I'm a, I'm a high achieving person, but in mm-hmm. my mind I was lazy. Um, but like, I, I would go into the, the opposite of no, mm-hmm. I'm not lazy. I work hard. I'm ambitious and blah, 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 blah. And all this, mm-hmm. it would have mm-hmm. been better. And I think that's finally how I broke through that was the exercise that you're telling us now. And mm-hmm. the, I feel this way because mm-hmm. blank, mm-hmm. like really identifying, like, is what I'm saying is what I'm telling myself true. And thinking back to times, like where the origin was all mm-hmm. that really mm-hmm. helped break through that, that belief about myself and realizing like, that's not true at all. Like I'm hilarious. Um, and then going into the mantras, like it just, it makes those mantras. I feel like stick so much more whenever you've kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, decluttered why you even need the mantra in the first place. Um, and so then applying this to, to motherhood where Mm -hmm. mom guilt is real. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just so helpful. So thank you so much for sharing that exercise. And we want to be sure we share that, that, uh, article that you mentioned the being five minutes late for your son's baseball game. We'll be sure mm-hmm. to, to link that in the show notes. So y'all can go and read that along with other amazing pieces that Albiona has provided as well. Thank you so much. And thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it's really true. It's, um, it's an interesting thing with that self-talk can really grab a hold sometimes and it can be pretty powerful. And if we don't sort of walk through that messy middle and, and kind of work through the why of it all and just go right into sort of a solution-based um, response, which is like the mantras or telling yourself that, no, it's not true and combating it with, you know, positive feedback. I think that's okay. It's not certainly not a harmful thing to do, but you'll just find yourself on that hamster wheel for quite a while. More of a, more of a bandaid. And I feel like a speech mm-hmm. therapist, like, yeah, that's what we do is work through the messy middle of yes. it, like identifying that oh root cause, like, mm-hmm. so we can, we can get yes. to the actual solution of it. That's and, right. and so, and not just this, this bandaid. So thank you so much again for that exercise. That's so powerful. Of course, of course. Yeah. I'm so glad. And like I said, it's just something I use and I've used it and shared it with others. And so someone said to me, you really need to kind of write something about that because it can be really useful and helpful to a lot of us. And so if it helps you, I'm I'm so happy. I'm so happy to know that. Yes. yes. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and thank you for everything that you have shared with us. I mean, from 
walking us through like the steps that we can take to achieve, you guys can't say I'm doing air quotes, but balance, right? Because <laughs> it looks different, but giving, just giving us that daily practice to check in with ourselves and, and what I really love from this conversation, even though I know I'm, I'm not a mom, but still can appreciate everything that you shared and, and all this self-reflection mm-hmm. and, and these routines that you're, you're giving us. And I think whether you are a mompreneur or you're just working through your journey right now that you're guilting yourself through something or you're, yeah. you're out of alignment, you you're struggling with the balance, quote unquote balance. Mm-hmm. Um, Albi- Albiona has given us just some amazing strategy advice uh, and tips. Thank so you. Everyone make thank sure you. you go to the show notes. Please go read everything. We don't read everything she's written, but like <laughs> pace it out so you don't run out in one day. Pace it out. But um please tell everyone where they can connect with you so they can continue to follow along. Thanks. Yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram. So you can follow me at, at kiddos and insights is my um, handle on Instagram. And I also have a website called kiddosandinsights.com. And most of my articles get published there. Some of the ones that get published within different publications, I usually will link it back to my site. So you can find it there or I'll, or I'll post about it on Instagram. So definitely follow me there. And yeah, I'd love to connect. And the other thing too, is I write a newsletter called Parenting Skimmed. And that was sort of a call or a response to my readers saying, we love everything you're writing, but we're so overwhelmed. Can you just give us something like the cliff note version of of those articles? And so it kind of um, organically came about that it was like, well, can I do it in 10 sentences? And that was as a writer, a good challenge for Mm -hmm. me. So every Thursday I send out a newsletter and sometimes it's a life um, sort of insight. Sometimes it's a parenting insight. Sometimes it's really prescriptive. Sometimes it's a quote that really stands out and I feel like it's important to share. And so I keep it at 10 sentences the best I can. And so, um, that's called parenting skimmed. So if you go to, um, kiddosandinsights.com, or if you go to my link tree on Instagram at, at kiddos and insights, you can subscribe there. And I don't spam you. I literally only send it once a week on Thursday mornings and they're a ton of fun to write. And I get a lot of really nice feedback and questions from them. So, um, yeah, that would be a great place to find me. And like I said, email me, um, message me on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. Beautiful. We've linked all that for y'all in the show notes. So definitely go check it out. Albiona, thank you so much again for coming on. Y'all go stalker. You know you want to. Uh, thank you so much. And it was so good to see you guys. Fellow speakies. I love it. Yes. <laughs> now for our last guest of this episode, Taylor Torres. She is a systems and operations expert and CEO of Chanel and Lee, a strategy and operations studio offering long-term business support and one-on-one consulting services for the modern, multi-passionate entrepreneur, which is something that we could totally get behind. Yes. Taylor shares with us the importance of building a community around your brand. So let's go ahead and dive into this last conversation. Alrighty, everyone. We are so excited to be joined with systems and operations expert, Taylor Torres. Taylor, say hello to everyone. Hi, super excited. Oh, we're excited to dive in, learn more about you, your business. Just tell us all the things. Uh, Tell us about your business mission and the community that you currently serve. 
Yeah. So Chanel and Lee, um, what we do there at Chanel and Lee is provide systems and operations support for high level, multi-passionate entrepreneurs. Um, majority of my clients are women. So that's been um, a big part of my community of building really strong women around me. Um, like I said, I serve multi-passionate women. And what I mean by that is a lot of them are in creative businesses, but then have other passion projects that they um, are working on, such as podcasts, or they have multiple businesses, or they're diving into new industries. And I really support them in that role of um, the day-to-day operations, and all the systems to support all of those ideas and projects. Um, what I love about my community is there are a lot of moms, and I'm a mom, and that's been something to have um, support from other women who aren't just in my space, but also in other areas and who have other types of lives and you know have children and seeing them um, move through life and then kind of walk with them virtually, even some that I've met in person now and we become friends. So that's been a really cool way that my community has kind of built around my brand in that sense where they're friends, they're moms, and we kind of get each other on a different level outside of business too. Absolutely. That is truly amazing. Honestly, I love one, your definition of multi-passionate. Cause you know, here at she shines, we also serve multi-passionate entrepreneurs. So we're like, yes, yeah. uh, really like we absolutely love that. And, and how specific you are, because a lot of times multi-passionate can also fall under the umbrella word of just like whatever miscellaneous or like lifestyle is such is also one of those words. So thank you so much for elaborating on what multi-passionate means in, in your business and in your community. And it sounds like there's so much beautiful synergy between the She Shines community and the community of yes. Chanel and Lee. So I love that. And we're so pumped. I was so here. attracted to you guys. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to these ladies because I yes. felt like it was, you know, very similar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so cool. So tell us a little bit, you touched a, like a, a smidge on, you know, you do have moms in your community of multi-passionate entrepreneurs in your community. Um, when you were starting Chanel and Lee, like what did it mean to you to like have this quote unquote community? I think we sometimes don't, we start a business or a brand and we're not like, oh, I need a community first, right? So right. like, what does community mean to you? What does it mean to Chanel and Lee? Like, how does it, how does it take part in, in your everyday of the business that you've been building? Yeah. So when I started my business before it was Chanel and Lee, I was really just a virtual assistant and I actually started the business right when I had my baby. So it was a very interesting time. It was before COVID, but I was at home alone a lot. And I just had went from working a full-time job in person at an office to starting my virtual assistant business. And right away, it was very lonely going from you know, being a single woman in a workspace to home alone with my baby, serving people online. And so I kind of got to see already as I started the space of women who were just really supportive and encouraging and who like wanted to build that community without even saying it. Like it was very much Mm -hmm. like the clients I were making were becoming friends, Mm -hmm. keeping in touch. And then as Chanel and me came to fruition, that became such a, a critical part of the business of really connecting with my clients on a deeper level to where it was, that community was instilled. Like as soon as you're my client, like we're family. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that is so important in my business because 
I feel like it's really easy from the business side to just go with the motions, you know, but we always talk about impact and serving, but it's really easy to get sucked into just the business online world, mm-hmm. especially when it's Instagram and the social media world. And so I really wanted my clients to feel included, to feel like they had someone on their side, even if it was, you know, I'm all the way in Texas or wherever they are, um, someone that they could come to. And, you know, especially as a mom, it gets really lonely working from home, Um, you know, having an online space where I don't get to see people in person often. So that community has become so crucial to me just to stay positive, you know, to make sure I'm serving with impact and make sure that what I'm doing is going beyond just, you know, day-to-day operations, but honestly is creating legacy for my clients and their community and kind of just like a ripple effect, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love the ripple effect. I love that you said Uh that. I think too, like I, maybe it just has something to do with being multi-passionate, but like wanting your clients to feel like family and want them to feel included. And, you know, I don't think everyone has that goal or wish for the people that they work with, but like in a lot of saying before, like we can so resonate with everything that you're saying and, and kind of the foundations of your own business, because it's very similar similar to how we feel too, that, you know, that community around this business that you're building is just so important for you to feel positive and supported as well as the clients that, that you're working with. So, and I love that you said that ripple effect. So important. Yeah. Yeah. That's something, a big part of my like purpose in my business is to have a legacy for my family. And I know Mm -hmm. so many of my clients connect with me on that level because they're like, that's my goal and purpose is to have a legacy for my family to support them. And so it, it automatically kind of syncs us up because we all kind of have a similar purpose outside of the business life. And that really just pushes into the business life and makes things so much more easy to connect and, you know, all that. And that's so important too. I'm glad you touched on that in terms of like knowing your own values as well, as well as your brand values, because that is really what attracts those like-minded people to your, to your business is, Mm -hmm. is you being able like forthright with that, knowing who you are and, and the impact you want to leave and being able to convey that is going to automatically attract. And that's why, like, I, I just love what you said. So take note, like knowing your brand values inside and out and being able mm-hmm. to relay those to other people will automatically make you feel connected to these like-minded right. people and can also lead to some really sweet podcast guests <laughs> like this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, you were talking about like early on, you know, knowing this, this legacy that you wanted to, to create we also know like as you grow and evolve your brand or your mission, those things can also change as well, right? right? So your community that you serve, that can change. Have you experienced those sort of changes within your own business as well? Like since, you know, go throwing it back a little bit, like since you started <laughs> your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. So I feel like my values have definitely pretty much been the same in terms of legacy with my family and creating that type of um, life behind the scenes. But for my brand, like I said, being a VA, I was serving a very specific audience. I was working with mostly like wedding creatives and it was just very niche down, um, which was great. But as the brands evolved, I've kind of started to work with, you know, bigger teams and um, larger brands. And I've realized my impact Mm -hmm. can go so much further. Not that the impact I had before was wrong or too small or whatever, Mm -hmm. but now that things have changed, I've seen that, you know, 
the positivity like we were talking about or the values that I have can reach an even farther audience when I'm working with bigger brands and bigger teams. And even the teams itself is really cool because now I you know, have some clients who will have a team of four. And before I was working just one-to-one, it's like, that's just even cooler to be able to have an impact on an entire culture of a brand, not just yeah. one individual. Mm-hmm. So that's probably been the biggest change in terms of like who I've been serving and how that community kind of has just widened the net, you know? So cool. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, talking about that ripple effect and being able to like expand your reach and it just goes so much more beyond Mm -hmm. you, you know, and that's really the purpose here and why we're so big on community. Like it it can even extend so far beyond that. So I, I absolutely love that. I liked you that you said that it wasn't like you were doing anything wrong. It was just like, you kind of ended up in the wrong niche, which I think one of our past podcast guests, Katie has said this too, like she ended up in the wrong niche. And I think there's something so beautiful about realizing like, oh wait, like this actually, I can better serve my community Mm -hmm. in a different way. You know, and sometimes you don't even know until you are like serving someone here, like, wait, I think my talents can go a lot further. And like you realize, you know, you're, you're able to make that, that bigger impact and that ripple effect that, that you've been wanting. Um, but things that you don't know if you don't have those brand values, right? If you don't know who you, yeah. who you want to serve. And so just thank you for, for touching on <laughs> all the points that we try yeah. and, and bring home to, to our own clients. Um, mm-hmm. So I will say on that note, before you continue on, I wouldn't yeah. say that it was just the wrong niche, but something I always chirp on. And I've talked about in a couple other podcasts is as my clients have grown on their journeys, I've kind of grown with them. Yes. So As they were maybe started here on this level a year or two ago, I've had clients I've been working with now for almost three years. And as they've Mm -hmm. grown in their passions or their businesses or started new side projects, my expertise and my knowledge was kind of going along with them. That way I could continue to support them because I'm really big on longevity and retaining my clients. And so that's something that's been huge in my brand values is to constantly learn and evolve so I can learn and evolve with them. So that's, I just wanted to put that in there because I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to feel like, Oh, I I don't know how to serve this client anymore. I can. It's like, well, you can, you just need to continue to grow with them and find the clients who are want to go on that journey with you. Yes. I'm so glad you said that actually. Yes. Yes. I I literally just told this to one of my photography clients the other day, just how grateful I am to like have continued this relationship. Like we've been working together over a year now and every single month they've just like cause me to, to grow in my skills. And, and in turn, yeah. I'm able to help other brands grow like vis- through visual exactly. photography as well. Um, so I, I just really love that you said that. And it, it reminded me of that conversation and it's just such a, a gratifying feeling on both parties. Like mm-hmm. when you're just as invested in their growth and, and in turn, exactly. like they're allowing you to grow and challenge mm-hmm. you and just make you a better business owner all around. So it's so cool that you have mm-hmm. that relationship with your clients and that, like you said, longevity and continued relationships. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for That's sure. so, so important. And if you're on the flip side, if you're feeling stuck, like, why can't I for actually sure. figure it out or serve these clients? It's like, hold on, hold on, girlfriend. Like maybe it's time to get to that next level, right? Maybe it's time to grow. Exactly. Maybe it's time to, to refine those skills. So all, all yes. such good, good information. Um, all right. So we have one last question for you. So what would your advice be to multi-passionates out there on ways to sell to nurture and engage their own communities? Ooh, I would say 
one big thing that I've done and that I tell a lot of my clients is find really pinpoint and refine your ideal client. Um, in the marketing world, they call it buyer's personas. You can mm -hmm. call it whatever you want, but there's kind of a systemized way to where you can really identify who is that dream client I want to work with. So that way you can make sure that your marketing, your services, your branding are really matching up to attract them. Because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck with saying, I'm not attracting the right clients or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not getting them. They're not my ideals. I'm making money somewhere, but they're not my ideal. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really about, well, how are we, how are you marketing that business to attract them? Right. Cause all of our entrepreneurship is marketing ourselves, whether it's, visuals or talking like this on a podcast or on Instagram. Um, so for example, even with this podcast, like y'all's, I, you know, your clients are kind of my dream clients. So being yeah. on this podcast is a way of marketing that. So I would yeah. say finding that ideal client, writing it down and then making sure all of that messaging lines up. Um, another thing too, how you were saying, engaging, how to engage, I think being yourself is so important. Um, if you're not true to you, people will see that and those mm -hmm. ideal clients don't line up. And so for myself, even in this past year, I've been so true to me and my brand. And people tell me that all the time, I'm attracted to your brand, you know, because it seems very unique and it's very you. And I'm like, that's, that's what I wanted. That's perfect. You know, I'm not trying to make um, a duplicate of someone else's brand just by being me, I'm getting those people who are connecting and that's where that community is happening. Cause it's real. It's not like yeah. forced, it's not fake. Um, or I don't have to kind of flip the switch between me and my business. I just am right. my business. So exactly. those are probably my two biggest tips, figure out who that ideal client is and then be yourself to really attract them. Yes. And Wonderful. it's so beautiful <laughs> that you said that because that is literally, that is what we do is <laughs> help those multi-passionate entrepreneurs figure out who the heck they even want to talk to. Right, Cause right. oftentimes like you have so many different interests and so many goals in mind that you just don't even know where to start. So that is right. where we come in. <laughs> so it's I love beautiful. It. <laughs> I love right. that. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for answering all our questions today, for providing so much value to our community and everyone else out there listening to your own communities. And we hope for all of you listening and watching that this was helpful to you. Make sure you go stalk Taylor in the show notes. We are going to link all of her info there. And until the next time, keep shining. Thank you so much for listening to the latest Business Trends episode and be sure you go on and check out episode 71 for more amazing entrepreneurs in this roundtable style interview. Shoot us a DM or email and let us know who else you'd like to hear from on an upcoming episode or what industry you all would love to learn from. As always, our inboxes and ears are open. Keep shining. Thank you so much for joining us on the She Shines podcast. Before you go, be sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Plus, we would love to hear what you enjoyed most. So share a takeaway and be sure to tag us at SheXShines. And lastly, please take a sec to leave a thoughtful review or pass this episode on to someone you feel could use it. Until next time, keep shining. Cheers, girlfriend.